SMB Wisdom acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands upon which we have recorded this podcast today. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello and welcome to the SMB Wisdom podcast, coming to you from the land of the Yuggera and Turrbal people. My name is Alice Rue and I'm a partner at SMB Advisory, the proud sponsors of this podcast. The SMB Wisdom podcast is a forum to provide value tips for business owners from an extended network of experts on their topics of expertise. I'm so very blessed to have an amazing network of people who are fabulous at what they do. They might be accountants, lawyers, business owners, or any number of individuals that day in, day out, deal with the issues and problems that can plague small and medium business owners and come up with solutions, outcomes, and results to assist. It's now my mission to bring some of this knowledge to small and medium business owners to assist them in making their good businesses great and their great businesses fabulous. Now on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for our SMB Wisdom International Women's Day Showcase for 2023. As you're no doubt aware, International Women's Day is celebrated on the 8th of March, and this year the theme is Embrace Equity. As part of many International Women's Day celebrations, we have a month-long showcase of some of the amazing women that I know and have worked with or alongside in various fields to show just how amazing women can be. As an insolvency practitioner, I do like to look at the learnings that come about from businesses or ventures that might find themselves in distress in order to advise others on how to attempt to mitigate against making similar mistakes in the future. In the same vein, I like to look to my colleagues, contacts and friends to hear what they've learned from their different experiences, as I think it builds towards a wealth of knowledge. And this is why in this series, I'm talking with a number of amazing women to hear about their career journeys, the role mentors and sponsors in their careers have had, and any advice that they have for others in similar circumstances. Today, I am speaking with Stacey Miller from Cronin Miller Litigation. Stacey is a highly regarded litigator with notable success in factually complex high-end litigation cases. Since her admission in January 2003, she has practiced exclusively in the areas of commercial litigation, insolvency, debt recovery and dispute resolution. Stacey is empathetic but direct in her approach to a client's legal issue, acknowledging that having to meet with a litigation lawyer or an insolvency specialist is not on anyone's bucket list. She takes her professional relationships to the next level with a genuine interest and care for the well-being of her peers and colleagues in the industry. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for having me and hello, everybody. What a pleasure. I'll start off today by asking what traditional land you're coming to us from. Yes, I am um, from the Yugambeh language region. Thank you, Stacey. Is it a nice day on the Gold Coast? It's beautiful down here today. Actually, I've just looked out the window for the first time. Uh, Very good. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. Nice to look out the window and um and appreciate what's what's on the other side. I know. It's nice looking out and seeing glimpses of water, palm trees, and unfortunately some traffic. But oh, um, there you go. Can't have it all. Can't have it all. <laughs> Now, Stacey, we've heard your bio. We know that you're a fabulous uh, litigation lawyer and insolvency specialist. Um, but are you able to tell us a bit about how you got to be where you are in your profession? Yeah, of course. Um, so I've had a fairly traditional path, I would call it, to where I am today. Um, and that seems to be um, unusual when you talk to uh, more junior lawyers now because their career paths look very different to 
um, sort of my cohort. I've, I've been practicing, this is my 20th year, so um, January 2003, I've, I've clocked over 20 years since my admission. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. That was earlier this year and it just sort of slipped by and I, I moved the admission of one of our um, law graduates, now lawyer, um, late last month and it struck me as I was sitting there listening um, to the Chief Justice giving her um, welcome to the newly admitted lawyers. I was like, wow, 20 years ago, pretty much to the day. Um, anyway, that was gotten sidetracked quickly there, but <laughs> path to where I am today. I started um, in a small Brisbane CBD firm. Um, I knew from my studies at university that even though I loved studying family law and crime, um, I found them very interesting, um, that they were just not areas that I could see myself practicing in. Um, I loved um, corporate governance, um, the Corporations Act um, and litigation, being an advocate. Um, so I was looking at commercial litigation firms, um, managed to secure my first role in a firm that did a high volume debt recovery, which I always say to my um, graduates and junior lawyers, it really is the bread and butter of the commercial litigation space. It's it's the foundation to everything that you do. Here in Queensland, if you know the uniform civil procedure rules like the back of your hand, then you're well placed. And there's nothing better to um, prepare you for that than to work in high volume <laughs> debt recovery. Um, so that's where I started out. And um, I was really lucky to start in a role and within that area of law that I loved and I've stayed with. And I know mm. that um, sometimes people do a little bit of family and then they might go do a little bit of personal injuries, um, maybe dabble in commercial and just aren't quite sure until they find what they love. So I'm really mm. lucky in that respect that I've been able to specialise pretty much from day one. Um, so, yeah, I worked my way through a few different law firms, moving up the ladder as I went, um, did a stint in, at one particular firm that taught me a lot about running a business and management, um, which was really useful. Um, and so then when I progressed to my next firm, which happened to be this one, actually, um, I, you know, where I love, uh, I love being a lawyer. I love the practice of law but I also love running a business as well. So I'm able to do that here. So, yeah, that's my path, but quite traditional. No, and uh, it is interesting that we're seeing less and less or fewer and fewer traditional paths to mm. uh, to sort of partnership or to, um, you know, people's career peaks um, through time. I do think that um, last point you touched on is really relevant in terms of um, business management because I do think that sort of, you know, regardless of what your profession is, you work really hard technically at what you are a professional at, a technical specialist at. And I think sometimes it does go by the by in terms of as you work up and as you become more of a specialist, it's very much about managing a team. It's very much about running a practice area or running a business in itself. And I think sometimes that's something um, that can, uh, I guess, go amiss or people do forget about a little bit um, when thinking about their career goals because it really is once you get to be a, you know, a, a partner in a, a practice, especially a smaller practice like our respective practices, not that they're that small, but, um, you know, you're a small business person. 
you, yeah, you know, and that's really your identity in just as much as it is as a, an accountant or as a lawyer. So um, really interesting point. Thank you for making that. Um, so I guess with that and as your um, your career progressed and you talk about, you know, going across in different firms over the years, did um, how were the roles of mentors and sponsors sort of for you? I was talking to someone recently and just saying, you know, when we people of our cohort were sort of coming up, we didn't really talk a lot about mentors and sponsors whilst I think we still had them. Um, well, I know I definitely did, um, but we didn't necessarily have them identified and, you know, you're my mentor or will you sponsor me? That's very much a language we're talking now, which I think is brilliant. Um, but how did you sort of um, look at that? How, how was your professional career impacted by the roles of mentors and sponsors? Yeah, I, I have to agree. So it's only now within the last, I don't know, five or so years, you actually look back and go, oh, that person was my mentor or that person was this role model for me. Um, they, they definitely didn't identify that way. And I didn't even think of them in that respect. Mm -hmm. Looked up to people, certainly would be as inspired by them and motivated by them, but I didn't make that connection. And it's almost like we put these labels on things now um, in such a different way. Um, so to be perfectly honest, my mentors, my role models were all male, um, throughout my early career. Um, and that's a consequence of being in male partner led firms, <laughs> um, which I mean, bear in mind 20 years ago, um, they were, they were predominantly male. Um, there were a lot of females around me. Um, and at similar level and, and slightly higher. This is in the, within the law firms and the legal profession. Um, but um, it, it was certainly the case that I had a few, a couple of key um, male lawyers and partners of the firms that um, I, I, I look back on now and think, look, he, really, he did a really good job. He took the time um, to focus on my professional development as a junior and that's something that I'm very conscious of now with my lawyers and my team as well mm -hmm. um and um yeah they were they were law firm owners themselves so I, I looked up to them and they inspired me it was a little bit later as I started to come in um to myself that I started to develop a network around me that then included more females and women and outside of just the legal profession, certainly mm. the insolvency industry. Um, there are some key women um, in the um, insolvency world um, who inspired me and really started to step forward and I recognised as, wow, these women are amazing. Um, I think Kate Barnett was the mm. first female insolvency practitioner I ever met. Um, and then I met you at around the same time, Alison, but you and I have been around for about the same same yeah. period of time. Um, and Kelly Trenfield from FTI Consulting um, will always be a role model of mine as well and a close friend, I'm lucky to say. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where my career personally was definitely influenced by those male-dominated um, personalities. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I was able to take it to the next level by being surrounded by like-minded professional women um, who inspired me even more to sort of enhance my role beyond just another lawyer in a law firm. 
<laughs> um, and take it to that next level. Um, and then today, if I, I think about um, the people that inspire me, it is actually a network of those women. It really is. And they're not necessarily, um, you know, they're, I think they're all standouts on their own. Hmm. Um, but the power that comes with having that network um, and that support um, is something that has definitely helped me get to where I am today, but also to help me get through on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> like we're so busy mm. um, and we are able to um, lean on that network in a way that I just don't think was available um, 20, 15 years ago. So it's it's nice. No, it is. It's, it is. And I'm going to explore a little bit more around that network in a minute, but I just want to point something out that I think is really relevant with what you've said. Um, you're on the Gold Coast. I'm in Brisbane. We had our sort of, we're in the infancies of our professional careers, both in Brisbane, um, before we sort of moved um, respectively away and then for me back again. Um, but I just think there needs to be a, a point taken that in Brisbane, Queensland, Brisbane, we bat above our average in terms of female role models that we had when we grew up. Like I often reference Kate Arnett. She was sort of just that little bit ahead of us. I remember when she made partner at Bentley's and that was a really big thing. I think I was still at Jefferson's at the time. Like so it was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, You know, and and you look at her, you look at people like Anne Fordyce. We had Mm. Laura. We actually had a significant amount of women uh, who were practising in insolvency and who um, I remember when I um, became a trustee, it was a big deal that I was young, but no one cared that I was a girl in Queensland. Mm. Um, Yet still as recently as a couple of years ago, I was still one of five women who was a trustee and a liquidator practising out of Melbourne. So it's sort of you look at that and there is a massive difference. And I just think credit where it's due. You know, it sort of hasn't come a huge way since then. There's, you know, quite a few more that others have gone. But I, I think that this, there needs to be a point made that we were lucky because we actually did, you're right, have female insolvency practitioners and females yes. um, yeah. in law firms as well. But um, And they were visible and they were doing their thing. And, and you know, I do a big shout out to Kate, I think. You know, she yeah. sort of stood out for a lot of us. Um, Absolutely, because you're right. She was one of uh, one of the first, and I, you know, I I feel bad now. I could rattle off a list of oh, so cool. many amazing yeah. women in, in in this industry that I deal with in Queensland, and um, and they know, and yeah, I <laughs> feel like I should release them. Um, they're all amazing, and, and credit to them, and and thank you for you know um, paving the way um, and for it to becoming the norm in in Queensland because that's you know that's like what the theme of this International Women's Day is this year mm-hmm. and um, for me it's about normalizing things um, as well and in Queensland we're there maybe in Victoria yeah. um, or certainly a lot a long way towards um, being there but Victoria mm-hmm. is a bit behind by the sounds of it. <laughs> Getting better but yeah it's, it's interesting you always think you know people talk about Queensland as being a little bit um, you know, sometimes a, a few years behind other states, but I think in this area it's not always been the case, let's just say. Um, now, well, back to um, your discussions around the networks of women and, um, you know, you've noted how important that is and how valuable. Um, can you give us any examples of how your, you know, network of women has maybe encouraged or influenced your journey? 
Um, specific examples? Let me let me think. Let me tease this out. I think that for me, um, when you know you have a network around you that are supportive and um, want to hear from you, they they're not just um, paying umbrage to. Oh, let you know it's this person's time to speak. People are genuinely interested in what you have to say and what you have to contribute, and. A network creates a safe place within which you can do that. So that's that's how you then are able to build on that safe place, that safe space, and expand your influence and reach a wider community um, so that you, your voice gets louder. It, it, it goes further um, and you influence more people. So it really is about having that um, that that safety um feeling that comes from knowing that you're surrounded by people that support you, will have your back, will encourage you to take risks, watch you as you step outside your comfort zone um, and be there for you. And it, it enables you to keep pushing yourself that little bit further. So I moved to the Gold Coast um, after having practiced in Brisbane for uh, almost 10 years, I think it was. And um, I knew nobody down here except for my business partner, Derek, and his now husband, Tom, did not know a single soul. So the network I've created down here is an, it's a new network. I didn't go to uni with anybody here. I, I haven't known people from childhood. And that's very much um, a thing on the Gold Coast. It's like, are you a fourth generation Gold Coaster? Uh, no, I've only been here a few years. <laughs> so, so that you had to tackle that a little bit. Um, so building up that network took time. Um, and you know, there were times where I was like, oh, I've left this network behind in Brisbane um, and now I have to start again. Um, but you, you can't look at it that way. You really, it's about building on and um, and connecting those networks. And now I've got this wonderful network um, across, you know, southeast Queensland and beyond. Um, but, you know, it does take some time and effort. And that is, again, something that I say to my um, junior lawyers, um, to work on that. It's, um, it's actually something Derek and I were talking about um, when we did our start of year planning, you know, networking and how important it is for, for lawyers, but any career professional really, um, because it's not the case that when they come in at a junior level, well, they don't need to network to this person. Derek and Stacey already know them. That connection is already there. You need to build your own networks. And if that that's, you know, on a level similar to where you are, if you have that from early in your career, it carries through with you. Um, and it's just so powerful to have that following or that support with you as you advance through various stages of your career. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to help to push you, do better, be better, spread that influence wider. Um, and that network should be men and women, obviously, oh, absolutely. not just one or the other. No, no, without a doubt. I think it is definitely a, a snowball and an extension. And if you don't start at some point, then you don't have something to build on. Like, I think you really do need to start, you know, um, somewhere. And it's not enough to work That's until cool. you're Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you in terms of that, you know, starting again. And sometimes you don't really appreciate how much your network has grown organically where you are until you leave it, um, the same thing happened 
with me when we moved to Melbourne. Uh, and then again, when I moved back, to be honest, so we were in Melbourne for close to 10 years and then moved back here again. And um, it's really interesting because I, I reckon now, knowing what I know, five years it takes to really feel comfortable walking in the room again. Um, yeah. With, with sort of the knowing, not necessarily with people, but, you know, having support or understanding who's who in the zoo and, you know, yes. knowing where everybody sits. And, you know, that's not a short period of time, but, you know, it goes pretty quickly when you start thinking about it. So start when you can and um, before you know it, that snowball will happen. I think that's amazing wisdom. Thank you, Stacey. Um, which I guess, I don't know, maybe that backs on, maybe doesn't. But do you have anything in particular that you wish your younger self knew? when you started your career is there anything you'd go back and, and tell yourself now um knowing what you know um i look I, I think it definitely is just what we've been talking about um put yourself out there um introduce yourself to people i'm i'm very much i think they call it an um an extroverted introvert very much an introvert. I Networking, socialising at all does not come naturally to me. It is something that I have to work really hard at. I, um, If I walk into a room and I don't know anyone, you know, panic stations. It's like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Do I have to go and start a conversation with someone I don't know? You know, all of a sudden you're a, um, you're a teenager thinking, will they like me? Am I going to interrupt a, quest a, a conversation and they don't want me there? You know, everybody has these, um, well, not everybody actually, <laughs> a lot of people have these issues and these doubts about themselves. Um, and, you know, but so so just put on a brave face and go out there, make connections, um, meet people, work on those connections, but in an organic, natural way. Mm -hmm. God, I use this as an example as well when I talk about building networks. It's not about a sell or a pitch for me um, because it's actually not about the work for me. It's not about getting a job or giving a job. It's about surrounding yourselves with people that you trust. And when you're looking at um, different industries and those relationships across industries, for me, it becomes about not just having an amazing network of women and men that I can rely on, um, that I enjoy being with, that I actually build actual friendships and relationships with. It's about then using those connections to value add for my clients to enable um, them to get the benefit of the connections I've made. So when I meet somebody new, it's not what can this person do for me? I wonder if they can refer me a client or, or we can do some work together. I want to know about their industry. I want to know about um, what services they provide. I want to get to know them as a person. Mm -hmm. And that, that could take months, mm -hmm. if not years. I've got people in my network that I may not have ever referred a single matter to because that hasn't happened yet. Mm. But that's okay because they're in my network and I know if they're in my network, it's because there's an alignment of values between us mm. and I we've introduced each other to people. It's, it's, it's very different to what it was, again, 20 years ago. Um, where your IP, your insolvency practitioner might have taken you out to lunch and after the, the third glass of wine, it's right, right, we haven't done a job together for a while. What have you got on your books? What can you give me? Yeah. I've, I've been to those lunches and I've seen people sit across the table and say that to each other. I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
oh, I don't even know if I want to run a file with you on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. It's about surrounding yourself with people that you actually want to work with, that you want to have in your in your circle and that you think will value add for the other people in your network and in your circle, which can include clients, referrers, friends, you know, all of the above. Yeah, no, that's really valuable. And I think it's so, it's so accurate. Um, I think those relationships are so important. And, um, yeah, authenticity is a massive thing. And I'm, I'm very grateful that it's something that I think we're seeing more and more of because I'm not very good at the transactional stuff. Um, no. so, <laughs> so sort of having that, that sort of understanding, and it helps. It's right back at you because being part of that network and being able to have you um, as part of a network as well is really valuable um, so yeah. that we can sort of all see things together down the road. Um, so I need to add something, though, which is perhaps a little a tip or trick um, or, or something to be mindful of so you don't fall into that same trap as I did. I had a, um, a, a lovely lady that uh, I love catching up with um, and she's in the banking space and I'm obviously in law and um, after about 18 months, it was a long time, we were catching up a lot and I love spending time with her and we're in um, the same network and um, she ended up calling me and said, let's go for coffee. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, okay, I haven't seen you for a few weeks. She's like, and it was very, I actually don't know what you do. What oh, yeah. can we just really drill down in what area of law you practice in? So if I know what particular type of lawyer I need to refer to, I know I can refer to you. I was like, oh, my goodness, have we not had this conversation? Wow. <laughs> so just be careful of that as well. I, I, there's a bit of a balancing act between not, you know, doing a hard sell of your services but at least understanding um, what they do. And, and I've had exactly the same situation with a, a colleague, a, a, a lawyer who practices in a particular area that's a little bit niche um, mm-hmm. and really promotes herself within that area. Um, and I think of her as that particular lawyer. And um, one day she um, bailed me up and said, I well, don't get any referrals of, um, you know, more commercial general stuff. And I was like, well, I didn't know you did that. <laughs> so so sometimes you have to be a little bit forthright. <laughs> I, um, that's, that's really good wisdom. I agree with that. I often tell the story that um, my dad, um, so I grew up in small business. My dad ran a menswear store in Mariba for many years um, and family's always been in sort of menswear and fashion. But anyway, uh, this back in the day, we have a lot of travelling salesmen. They'd come up and they'd show, you know, what the seasons were for all the different brands and they'd go out to dinner and often they'd come home for dinner, like you know, Mariba, not really too many places to go out and they became really good friends over time. You know, my parents have been in Mariba for a very long time and, and at that point had been doing business with them for a long time and after a couple of years this guy actually said came to dad once and was quite sort of um glum and I was like what's what's wrong and he goes you haven't ordered off me for the last three seasons and dad said to him you haven't shown me what you've got for the last three seasons so he'd been coming up and doing these sales calls but he didn't want to sell to dad because in his mind they were you know, mates and, and that sort of thing. So he wouldn't even pull out the samples from the oh. car, show him anything. And so dad sort of said, there, okay, well, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to look at and buy. And similar to your situation, you sort of, <laughs> sort of 
three, three seasons. And this guy's going, you used to be one of my best customers. And now, you know, I come to see you and you haven't bought anything off me. And dad's like, but you haven't actually shown me anything yeah. to buy. And That's that always sort of, you know, sort of, um, yeah, sinks into me a little bit like your stories around, well, you've got to actually tell people what you do, otherwise they exactly. don't know how they can engage with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Back on track, Alice. Um, no, I love that story. That's, that's such a good analogy. Um, Stace, role models. Do you have any female role models? And who, if so, um, who are they? Well, can I um, answer answer with the same answer I've been giving? It, it's it's my network. You're a role model for me, Alice, 100%. Um, I have some amazing women in my network, um, women who run their own law firms, their accounting businesses, um, you know, step up. There's, there's a, down here, there's a couple of women who... Um, run a lot of um, community-led um, organisations and looking after the youth of the Gold Coast. And, you know, it's I'm always inspired by people who are putting themselves outside of their comfort zone um, and looking to give back to the community as well. Um, I am involved in an organisation um, called Queenslanders with Disability Network. I sit on the board of directors. Um, and we've just had a retirement of the CEO, um, Paige Armstrong, who was just such an amazing woman, um, and, and she still is. <laughs> She's still with us, just not with QDN. Um, and the her successor, um, Michelle Moss, another amazing, amazing woman. And when I see women who are so inspired um by to to give back their time this is a not-for-profit um and really work tire, tirelessly in pursuit of you know equal rights um in, in this respect in the disability space obviously mm -hmm. but they're just two examples of, of of many that i'm so lucky to have in my network and fortunate enough to have met in my life so people like that really inspire me just to do that little bit more um give that little bit more of myself where i can especially if it's going to be a benefit to people who would otherwise not have the ability to sort of tap into what i can provide so you know, I'm I'm really lucky. Um, you know, I'm, I'm educated. I, I run my own law firm, my business, um, and you know, I have a skill set um, and a knowledge base that I know that the average person on the street can't afford to tap into. So, when I can um, give that to somebody who might otherwise not have that available, then then that's what I like to like to pursue as well. And it's women that that I've mentioned that inspire me to do that. Thank you, Stacey, and I think that's right. It's amazing just to look at so many people who are giving back in different ways, um, you know, and it's that old analogy of if you want something done, give it to a busy woman. Um, but it's sort of really quite interesting. But I'd like to say as well that I think there's um, a lot of people, I think, that would consider you as a role model as well, and you, your name often comes up, especially down the road. Um, in terms of what you do and how you do it, you know, and I think there is, we have different personas that we have and that we portray on certain ways, but, you know, and it's not only at the desk or at the bar and as in yeah. at the 
board, I should say, not just at the panel, like the other panel. I actually um, don't go to those very often, but I am in court quite a bit. So. Yeah, there you go. And, um, you know, that sort of thing. But it is sort of, I think, you know, looking around at how you do what you do, you know, juggling family life as well and how all that works. You know, and we often don't talk about that as much in these sorts of situations, but we do. Mm. Um and I think if I can be so bold as to say that, you know, when you put two mirrors next to each other, you know, when you're in the fitting room, it's terrible because you can't not yes. see everything. Yeah, right. And they have the opposite and then they reflect and then you've got all these little mini ones that come out the other side. I think that strong women are like that to each other. So you sort of sit in a way where you're like, okay, this is me, this is what I do, I'm going to try and show up today. And you meet someone um, similar on the other side and they're doing exactly that. this is who I am this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm going to show up today. And oh. you see that little bit of yourself in them and that strives you or helps you to strive to do that a little bit more. Absolutely. And so you reflect it back a little bit and then you see it and it comes back at you a little bit. And I yeah. just think that there's some inane sense of power with the reflection um, that you can have with, um, you know, the strong women in your network, strong yeah. people in your network, but... I'm, I'm saying women here because for me it's it's a lot about it's everything. It's not just the work. It's the work. Yes. It's the family. It's sometimes parental things. It's sometimes, you know, just a lot of things. It can be hormonal. It can be people who are dealing with a lot of, do you know what I mean? Like there is so uh, many different factors to it all. But when you see somebody else, you know, able to be strong and sort of showing up in certain situations and continuing to do that, that gives you strength to do the same thing and then i think it there's that sort of game of ping pong that goes um, on and think right. that in itself is so valuable yeah i love it i love that yeah. i'm going to take that away with me and if i use it i will credit you for it but i may just use it <laughs> that's okay i'll probably forget that i've said it tomorrow but the, the, <laughs> but the um but the I, I truly believe in that that concept though um, i'm good with analogies but i sometimes <laughs> um finally stace do you have any advice for young female professionals starting out in their career i'm assuming this is going to have something to do with networks <laughs> oh my gosh make me sound like a broken record no but it's important it's it's nice. a different <laughs> oh yes network but but even more so um balance and authenticity and I know they're such buzzwords um but we we've just come out of the back of a team planning day late last week with the amazing Maria Simons um from Vimsky and we were talking about you know the values of the firm and we were talking about prioritizing those values and um you know which one trumps the other and you know you can't you know, one of our values, goodness, I'm really speaking out of school now, so I'm, I'm you know, might be disclosing something I shouldn't, but <laughs> one of our values is excellence, but it's also one of our other values, um, a balance and authenticity and safety, safety mm -hmm. in the workplace and in the work environment. Um, and you just can't have one, you can't have one trump the other. You are never going to achieve excellence if you don't have balance in your life that creates that feeling of safety and allows you to create that feeling for others around you. And you won't have any of those things if you are not being your authentic self. Mm. Um, and authenticity, whilst that is such a big buzzword, and I get that, 
Um, it really is the be all and end all for me. I if I live it, I work it. I it it is. People get me. What I am, you know, you see what you get. Whatever that expression is, um, because I just can't turn it on and turn it off. It's just not me. It won't sit well with me. Um, and it's just one of those things where you know, in your career, so as a junior um, person starting out in your career, just just be you. Um, make sure you're pursuing your dreams, your goals, your ambitions. Um, don't compromise your true self, your values in pursuit of those. You will get there. Everybody's journey is a little bit different. The path might look different. Mine was very traditional, as we've heard, Um those those paths are very different now. You you know you might be focused on your business and um, those technical skills you talked about, Alice, come a little bit later. It's it's there's no right or wrong way. It's just your it's just your path. And if you're being authentic, um, but also seeking to um, you know remember to have some balance in your life, um, you'll serve yourself well. I think that's really valuable. Thank you, Stacey. And it's important to know from an early time as well because I think, you know, you can go in all guns blazing, can't you, and not sort of... Yeah. When, when you're younger and, and you're just starting out, that's when you're questioning yourself the most. Don't. If you just remain true to yourself, there's nothing to question. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today and for all the wisdom that you've shared. I think we've uncovered some absolute gems there. Um, and... <laughs> such I think really valuable um you know not advice but you know really great tips and really good insight into um you know your journey but also you know I think things that people can really take away and and use um and sometimes we don't always have the benefit of, of hearing them being said out loud so thank you very much for sharing that with us today thanks for um, having me Alice and thank you to our listeners. Um, please make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our fabulous 2023 International Women's Day showcases. Take care, talk soon, and until then, be wise in business. SMB Wisdom is proudly sponsored by SMB Advisory. SMB Advisory is a specialist firm of chartered accountants dedicated to providing specialist insolvency services to financiers, advisors, directors, and individuals. The team at SMB Advisory are a safe set of hands to talk through your options when things get tough or when you find yourself in a tricky business situation and you're not sure what's next. Call the team on 1800 762 238 or send a message through the website www.smbadvisory.com.au to talk through the next steps in your business journey.